0: Mondays in general, people don't really look forward to them. But around here this Monday, the last Monday in February, people, I could say, are looking forward to it. We've had this unseasonably warm weather, and it continues today with the mostly sunny skies and 50 degrees in Washtenaw County. Welcome in. We're getting ready to talk a little Michigan football with you. That's what we do. We talk about the Wolverines and today we will look to next year and give you my thoughts on the 12 team playoff. Playoff. Yeah. Heard some folks talking about the playoff over the weekend. Let me give you my thoughts on that. Also, we've got the four new Big Ten members that will hit the field. They'll be on Michigan's schedule. We'll discuss those teams and the big portion of this podcast is a speculative approach to what players make the big jump in 24 now if you said you wanted to wait to spring ball to come up with a better choice that's understandable and we would have a a, a better feel on those players or that single player, if you were going to me- mention one to make that big jump. But this is pre spring. And what do we know? I mean, we unless we're down there in the, you know, the the weight rooms or, or watching them at Glick, the winter phase and how much you're going to really know if guys are just running around in, in shorts and a T-shirt probably not a lot. So we do go back to last year and you look at the depth chart and you look at the opportunity and then you say, that guy's going to have opportunity and he was flashing last year. So uh, making a big jump, this would be the guy. And as I thought about this, the first player that came to mind, if somebody asked me this question would be a wide receiver who is a true freshman Last year, and he he started making uh, waves. Not did he make any waves in the non conference last year? I don't remember that. What I remember was the first Big Ten game against Rutgers. Samaj Morgan had an 18 yard touchdown reception from JJ McCarthy. It was like, Ooh, Morgan. And then, as the season went along, he contributed more and more, and you saw him. And, and by the the end of the year, you're like, you got to get the ball in Morgan's hands. He's got to be a part of the game plan. He's that good. And he wasn't just. And then, then it came up to the the Big Ten title game, where he made his. The 87-yard punt return, which was the highlight, of the longest punt return in the the conference championship, Big Ten conference championship history, but uh, it, it wasn't it wasn't a touchdown, but at 87 yards, it was uh, it was very impressive, and and there were some people that I don't think maybe don't know Ball. I'm not accusing you, but there were some people that I saw were like isn't it fair to question why he wasn't out there on punt return uh, earlier than that? And you can say, you can question it, but also the guy's a true freshman and you're going to put a guy out there who number one is catching the ball or you want the entire package and you have to prove that. And those are some of the things that you understand that you don't just put guys out there that, you know, they got to bide their time sometimes, but they have to earn it. And I think we, we we saw that with the way that Samaj Morgan played. Now, if Michigan would have lost the Rose Bowl, Samaj Morgan would be talked about as one of those guys where they lost the game because of him. You know, he 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 muffed that punt in the first quarter. And it would just be on him. Yeah, and he's a true freshman. And in you know, the, the defense gave up a a long time touchdown run uh, right after that and uh, and Michigan didn't get it going offense this is a, you know a hypothetical if they didn't win it it would be a lot of blame to go around but his name it would be fair to bring him up you you fumble you, on special teams that's a pretty big deal but what i've saw from morgan is just the ability just, just the just the football ability throw him the ball, he can catch it. He can run after the catch. He can sit down on a route. And there was a a touchdown that he had later in the season where they just threw it out to him. It was a screen. And he there was just a lot of players around him and he just picked his way and and, and worked his way through and and you could just see the ability. It's the, it's the guy that you have to have the ball in his hand. Now, could he be a number one wide receiver for Michigan? He could. Immediately, you will have folks, and I understand it because we went through this with Roman Wilson, and I'm not saying Samaj Morgan is going to fill Roman Wilson's shoes and he's going to be as good as Roman Wilson was this year. But Roman Wilson last year at this time, you had, uh, I, th- I think they were – it could have been local Michigan people, and it, it, it could have been national. You'd have to answer that yourself, whoever was out there and who was ever doubting Michigan. And I, I do remember there was a there was somebody that got in on the feedback, which I always appreciate the comments and, and the feedback. We read those on the show. But there was somebody saying, I don't know why you're so high on Roman Wilson. He's not even on the, the top three or four all Big Ten. And I said, "Well, that's uh, whoever wrote that is missing the boat." And it happens; those are tough. I don't—I didn't know who exactly was for Athlon putting that together, but he missed it. But there were a lot of people that did. Even Michigan fans were like, eh, Wilson gets hurt too much," and he didn't look. You know, when you are when you don't have the size in in sports, particularly in football and basketball. Size might not be as important when you're talking about a running back, but almost every position other than that, if you don't have the measurables, people are going to be a little bit down on you. I think that's what where it was with Roman Wilson last year. He does not look like Calvin Johnson. He's not 6'5", 240, and, and running a 7. Uh, He was He was smaller. And, and then if you get banged up, you're going to have that uh, knock against you. Until you can go through a whole season, I get that. I'm not even. I'm not down on anybody that was that that didn't see it from Roman. But Morgan, you 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 saw the that he's special. He reminds me of Antonio Brown when Antonio Brown played for the Steelers and before he was a uh, had deportment issues before he was a bad teammate right at the end and but bef- the talent. There for the Steelers, to me that's the the biggest comp that I've seen. Both are five ten, and you get them the ball, and they can just make moves. And and that to me with uh, with Morgan, uh, he's my pick. Now, if you wanted to make a selection and say this would be the best for Michigan, and again asking you the question of what player makes the biggest jump in. In 24, the the best answer for Michigan would be one of the quarterbacks, the guys that have been around for three years, Jaden Denigle or Alex Orgy. If it ends up being one of those guys, and we're you're you're playing, I can't. It would be nice to be able to say that it's a nice pick, and and heading in the spring and after spring, after we we hear what's going on down at practice and then we watch the spring game and on the spring games on april the 20th so the the 22nd when we're sitting here and and we'll be talking about the spring game and there's going to be a lot of quarterback talk and oh, oh orgy it that could be it that could be the one or whatever it is and, and that would be the best for michigan if they if they made the biggest jump that's what I'm saying. But right now, heading into the spring, I'm, I'm saying Morgan. I really like Morgan. Uh, well, what's not to like? He's, he's tremendous. And I, I think that, that size now, I look at the, the Lions. And Amonra St. Brown's a little bit bigger than 5'10". He's more uh, Roman Wilson. And I think uh, Roman Wilson and Amonra St. Brown are the, uh, six feet tall. And, and Roman might even be listed at six one. Roman's gonna be a good pro. I I, I saw today and we, we saw at the um at the senior bowl, there were so many of the observers were like, wow, this Roman Wilson's really good. Yeah, he's really good. Wait till he runs at the combine this week and he goes sub four, four. And he goes sub four, three, it's, you know, so yeah, he's a good one. If you're one of those of uh, the NFL scouts or you get, you get a Twitter account that people love to follow and you're, you're at the combine and you're, you're downtown Indy and you're at the Hooters where everyone goes to, uh, to hang out. There's only a couple places in downtown Indy that they go, you, you go to the, the steakhouse or you go to the Hooters and that's about it. And. They all sit around talking, and yeah, they'll they'll all have their stopwatches, and if they get a little, the four two seven from uh, from Roman, get people get excited. Combine, you know, you get excited. You can't get too excited even about blazing fast forties, because if you look at the records of the the receivers in particular, that have the the best combine forties. The top ten. There's nobody that you're like, wow. You, you would have thought. I would have thought. You would have thought too that if you look at the top ten combine 40s for wide receivers, that there would be some stars in there. And it's not really like that. It's like there's not. In fact, but you you get guys like uh, way back in the day, Erlocker, Brian Erlocker, where do he come out of? Uh, New Mexico. And uh, this guy, he's, he's a safety, but they project him as a linebacker. He's throwing this around and a shuttle drill. And it's just, he was a, a workout mo- a warrior. So was uh, this guy from the Eagles, Mello Lua. Or something. I, I, I'm, I'm, that, but he's one of those guys too that I'd never heard of, but was a uh, was a combine freak. The one that we all know, and I've already mentioned him on this podcast, who was an absolute combine freak. And I, and I knew somebody that was uh, was there in Indy in it was in two thousand five or six, and he had a stopwatch and it was you know nine a.m. and this uh, Georgia Tech wide receiver who had to borrow shoes to run in at the combine ran a a sub four four at two forty and six five, and his name was Kelvin Johnson. And, and it was such a uh, every everybody just frozen time, and you know he has talked about what he was able to do at the combine. Combine starts today, so I'm talking a lot of combine, and and looking forward to of some of that and the measurables, and and, and looking forward to seeing JJ throw, uh, JJ McCarthy and and Michael Penix Jr. and Bo Nix all elect to throw, uh, Jaden Daniels and the likely number one pick Caleb Williams and push that off until their pro day. Look, if you're guaranteed three, certainly top five, or I'm sorry, uh, maybe top five, certainly top three, uh, your agent's like, you don't need to do anything. Just, we'll just wait till the pro day. Nice comfort. It's sit around. Then you throw Caleb Williams. Doesn't need to throw. He's going to be the number one pick. You might not even have to throw it his pro day and he would be the number one pick, but JJ is throwing. And and that's good. Let's let's see on the feedback where the people are at about somebody pre spring that they're identifying that could be a that take the biggest jump next year. Bn says he has a lot more speed than Brown, but you're right, size wise, and they are similar. Yeah, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, Antonio Brown. I think ran a 4-6. So, yeah, not, not, a, not the perfect comparison when it comes down to A-B. And here's the here's the coach. Looking good. Hope you're doing well, uh, JP. That's good. Uh, BN saying he thought that they read in the spring that they had Roman at, at 4-3-3 in the 40. What I remember about Roman Wilson's speed is that, DJ Turner, the Michigan corner, who the, the Bengals ended up selecting the corner out of Michigan, whatever he ran at the combine, did he run a 4-2-7? That almost seems too fast. Maybe he ran a 4-3-5 a or something. It was incredible. You could look it up. Maybe it was a sub-4-3. It was something crazy. And then Harbaugh, I was listening to one of those interviews that he did. And he's just talking about the players and he says, uh, and yeah, DJ Turner, only one guy can run with him. And that's Roman Wilson. They're like neck and neck. And they're right there, right? Dead heat when they run. Two fastest guys on the team. And then, you know, so if uh if you were going to bet, if somebody asked me here's a here's a hundred dollars at you know plus one hundred. For Roman Wilson to run a sub-4-4 at Indy, I would bet that. Now, would I bet that if to run a sub-4-3? I, I would need maybe if he would give me like plus-750 or so. Like, maybe. Maybe I would. You, you don't know what kind of day he's going to have. But I, I would bet. I would put big money on him running a, a He's going to run really well. Right, Mos? Roman Wilson's going to run a sub-4-4 at the combine J.J. is going to be very interesting as I like,
1: you know, we all like
0: J.J. and I think J.J. when, when people ask me, I think he has a chance to be as good as, as Caleb Williams or or Drake may or or Jaden Daniels or Bo Nix or Michael Penix. And I try to put myself in a, a situation where I'm a GM, like I can say this all day long, but if I was really the bears, would I really take J.J. McCarthy and and, and 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 trade fields and pass on Caleb Williams. Would I do that? No, I wouldn't. But if I was the, who's got the number two pick? The commanders. I, I don't want J.J. McCarthy to go to the commanders. The hard part about me saying that I would take J.J. over Daniels or May is just what I, I keep seeing from some of the some of the, uh, let's say call them experts out there, but uh, Hasselback on ESPN was talking about quarterbacks in the last 15 years that he's been on ESPN that, that he watches film and 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 he says May's is as good as any of them, as good as any of the quarterbacks that he's seen in 15 years. Now, that's high praise Now, I watch May and, and I see highlights of him, and he looks a lot like Justin Herbert from the Chargers, who uh, Harbaugh has that they. That's the comp. That's who he looks like, the size and just even how he plays the game. And so when I hear that, and then I saw, who else? Uh, Joel Klatt. Joel Klatt had a similar type, Oh, I was, was going to say a quote. Maybe it was on his podcast. Maybe I just saw it was a trade. He's at the same type take, same type opinion on May. Like these guys are just bonkers about him. And you know Clat Hasselback guys that play the position. You know you, you you listen to a little bit of that. It's not everything. And sometimes these guys, especially new guys, at it can throw something out there. And they they want to be so like strong in their opinions. Uh, that's kind of the game. Like this guy's going to do this, and this guy, Chris Sims, is an interesting one because Chris Sims, he'll go off the board, and I haven't seen what he has said on these quarterbacks. But Sims will say something like if Sims came out. Again, he may have already done this, but this is what he does. If Sims came out and said Bo Nix, I would take him number one. It wouldn't surprise me because that's the kind of thing that he did. I do remember back in the day when Dan Orlovsky, before he was on ESPN or anything, he was just on Twitter, and it was the last year of the big NFL draft where they had all those quarterbacks: the Lamar Jackson and Josh Allen and Baker Mayfield in and in, in Arnold draft. Who else am I forgetting in there? Uh, Rosen was also, Josh Rosen, who I liked. (laughs) He was also in that draft. And everybody's like, I like this guy, and I like that guy. And then I watched Orlovsky. He was just on Twitter and breaking these guys down. Orlovsky comes out. And Orlovsky says that Josh Allen from Wyoming has a strong arm, but he can't read a defense to save his life. And Josh Allen can't read a defense and call a play. He can't walk and chew gum at the same time. That was Dan Orlovsky's take. Huge boss, huge risk. It's going to take him years to be able to play in the NFL. And I saw that. And, you know, we all know Dan Orlovsky when he played for the Lions and everything. So I was like, man, if this is Orlovsky, like Orlovsky, this is the strongest take that I've ever seen. He's either going to be, this. I'm going to wait and see. Now, you know, you get some raw. <laughs> Orlovsky, but for I held that against Orlovsky for a long time. Is anytime that he was out there making a you know, like some uh, out there type prediction, I'm like, you know, Orlovsky, how about Josh Allen? When you swing and miss on, on somebody like that, it reminded me the one year that Kawhi Leonard was coming out of San Diego State. And I went through the entire draft that year, and I watched all of this tape on these guys that were projected to be number one picks, or uh, first-round picks. And and I had a list of, oh, I like this guy. And, And Leonard was somebody that I had on the bust list, and that followed me around. For some, somebody out there, probably a uh, a San Antonio fan. He kept all he kept for years sending me you like that freezing cold tape, cold tank. And I, I pointed out to him, look at the look at the other four guys. It was Jan Vesely from The Wizards. I said he's gonna be a bust. And and all the other guys were busts. But yeah, Kawhi Leonard's a great player, and and you know, I whiffed on that one. All right. I'm getting off the uh The topic here when I'm going through it, Uh, Dave's asking about is J.J. running. Uh, I would think that J.J. would uh, run when when the quarterbacks come up. They get there. The the big thing that was revealed today, these come out in pieces and all that is that. um, The first round projected first round quarterbacks, would they throw or not? They don't always do that. And, and J.J. said he was. That doesn't mean that he's going to run, but I'm looking forward to J.J. running, too. Uh, I think J.J., I, let's all put down what we think J.J., this is a nice exercise. I think Roman Wilson will run a 4-3-6. I think J.J. McCarthy will run a four-five-two. Pretty good. I think Blake Corum will run a four-four-seven. Who else? Who else do we want to speculate on? Those are my numbers. Tell me what you think. Four three six from Roman. Four five two. Am I am I too high? Too low? And then four four seven for Corum. You might think that's like a too fast for Blake Corum. There are times that I, I can recall during his career, people say, "Yeah, Corum doesn't have the breakaway speed." And then it was this year in. In one of those early games, it might have been he had a 54-yard run against Bowling Green in that night game. In, in one of those uh, next-gen, I think it was, they they timed him out with his actual football speed, 21 miles per hour around there. But it was as fast as the last two years of the of the fastest guys in the NFL. Now oh, that's football speed. That's different than track speed. I, I get all of that, but it was post injury. I think Quorum's going to be a little bit faster, and I don't know what everybody's speculating about. So you might say that's what everybody's saying about him. Maybe that's true, but I agree with everyone that I have not seen uh, the the McCarthy one is interesting because it was uh it was Harbaugh. I said, oh, he might be four four. He's not going to be four four. I remember being at the news conference this year when they asked him, well, what do you think he's going to run? And I don't think I think five four, five, two is a little faster. I think he said he would be four six, or maybe I'd have to go back and, and look and see what he said. But that's where I'm at. Four, five, two on that when it comes down to it. Moose is uh was not here for the beginning of the show. That was my lead. Or, Moose, you, you did not watch, and, and shame on you, Moose, you did not watch the Mason Blue Review sports update for today. Because in that sports update, it was revealed that, that JJ uh, would, in fact, throw. Moose is projecting a 4 4 for McCarthy. Here is a 4-2-6 for Douglas. That's got to be going to Roman. That's not going... Cool. Can you imagine if J.J. ran a 4-2-6? McCarthy is going number one. I want to see a 4-2-6, too. Was, uh, what was D.J. Turner? Was that his number and you're just putting it up there? Uh, Moose, D.J. Burner ran a four-two-six, And so... Roman Wilson can run right with DJ burner. So Moose is saying 4-3-3. I'm not saying 4-3-6. 4-2-6 for Turner. But they had Turner at 4-2-8 in the spring. The spring times were pretty accurate under Harbaugh. Moose going against Hasselback and also Klatt saying that May is overrated. The combine is today. Moose, it is underway in Indy. It is happening. Moose has Blake at 446. 446, 447. You know you and I. You and I, Moose. And you think JJ is faster than Quorum. There's the bet that we can make. I, I think that quorum will be Moose, you and I we'll we'll have that bet for something. I'll I'll have Corum being faster than than JJ. That's where it's at. So, I I went through some of the uh players that I think pre-spring that make the the biggest jump in 24 and and, and Morgan, I already say that he's made that big jump the way that he played last year, but you know, now if he's not the number 1 wide receiver, I would say the number 1 target I think we could all agree it's going to be Colston Loveland. So they're going to have to bracket him, and they're going to have to do some things to try to take Colston Loveland away, which is only going to help the Michigan wide receivers, and it's really wide open. Uh, Tyler Morris would be a good pick. He he had the, the touchdown where he looked like he was a sub-4-4 four, four guy, burning down the field, scoring against Alabama. Great pick, and Tyler Morris to make a big jump. Made the big play late in the Rose Bowl. Uh had had been coming off the knee injury, and you know the opportunity is there for him. Let's go with Tyler Morris. Nice pick. Samaj Morgan would be a good one. You could also go to Carmelo English, which was the highest rated wide receiver out of that trio of of uh wide outs along with Morgan. And the other guy was the one out of St. Louis Frederick Moore, which wouldn't be all that bad of a pick either. So a, a lot of and then guys that can make a big jump on offense. It's really easy because there you got all of the offensive linemen that you could go through. I think Percy's going to be the guy. Uh, Andrew Gentry sounds like a, a selection. I hear a lot of people saying that You know, Gentry is going to be Michigan's starting left tackle on uh, 831 against Fresno state. Marlon Klein. Big tight end can run. Going to be out there. Michigan throws a lot of tight ends out there. Klein would be a nice selection. Could uh, make the biggest jump. I'm thinking about the running backs. Uh, uh, Both Hall and Cabana could make big jumps. There's playing time available there. And Donovan Edwards is not going to be a bell cow running back. We all know how the Don runs. He is a home run hitter but he's going to strike out an awful lot. And you have to have a complimentary back with Donovan Edwards. It reminds me a little bit of like in the pros where who's the cop? Tony Pollard. Tony Pollard, when he had Zeke Elliott and those guys were splitting up. And Elliott was a tough and then they would get Pollard. and He would go nuts. And then this year Pollard was the featured back and, and he wasn't all of that. Now he was coming off, whatever he did, he broke his leg. I think that's what he did. So that could have been a factor as well. But I, I think it still remains the same. It's uh, Donovan Edwards has always reminded me the most of Alvin Kamara from the Saints. And when Alvin Kamara is at his best, he's catching a lot of footballs out of the backfield. But he also has a, a bruising running back with him, whoever it's going to be. Uh, It was Mark Ingram when he was his best, right? And then he had, last year, the the former Lion running back in Williams. And then he also had another big back there in between Williams and uh, also Mark Ingram. And it was, uh, he was the, he played for the Raiders, uh, Latavius Murray. Was uh, also back there, and if you had somebody else, you say, "Oh yeah, him too." Uh, maybe there was uh, somebody else in there, but uh, could Donovan? Could Donovan Edwards be that guy that would make a big jump? That's not the one. I would go to the the young backs, uh, Khalil Mullings. What an opportunity that that he has, and you know they like him, and you know that Sharon Moore is a lot like Jim Harbaugh with wanting to pound the rock to smash Cheryron Moore wants to smash I think that Sharon Moore sits around uh, in the in the first weeks of him being on the job as Michigan head football coach and he says mullings that's my kind of football I, mean, I just said that mullings in in is going to be a a favorite of Sharon Moore you just know it so all of those guys on uh, on offense and then Crippen, El-Hadi. We go through all the wide receivers. The defense could be a little bit different. Uh, I I identified uh, both uh, Zeke Berry and Micah Pollard as guys that I think can make big jumps and get in there but you know the defense Is looking pretty good. There were a lot of people, that 30-day window open. And what about the continuity? And, and, uh, yeah, Michigan lost some guys and some coaches. But say just. I like Keon Sab a lot, but they just lost Keon Sab as we uh, hang in there. And one recruit. So that's it. What channel is the combine on? Don't say the NFL Network. I think it's on the NFL Network. It's uh, Ernest Hausman for BN. Who's going to take a big jump? That's a good one. There's always. Let's see what Michael Michael is saying. It's starting to smell like garbage in Ann Arbor. Hmm. Why is that, Michael? Starting to smell like crap in Ann Arbor. Why is it starting to smell like crap in Ann Arbor? You'll have to enlighten me. I don't know. Now, maybe you're talking about the basketball team. You know, I hate to – I don't hate. I i could see that would be what you're talking about. woo the basketball team, yeah. You know, the basketball team has just got to play out this uh, string. I'm not saying don't watch them. I'll be watching them Thursdays, their next game against Rutgers. And, you know, you don't understand. You know, that game starts at 830 at night. But Sunday they play down at Ohio State. That's nice. Yeah, you know, CBS. Michigan, Ohio state, that should be a good game. Anytime Michigan's playing Ohio state, anything. And so, yeah, that'll be nice. And then they'll, uh, they play the last, oh, they play Nebraska, the home finale. And then you'll have the big 10 tournament on that Wednesday. That's my guess in what Michael was coming up with. And he's given me a thumbs up on that. Yeah. I'm just going to let it play out. See, I let it play out. And there's no reason to be coming on here. I've, I've. I've given you some names. Uh, I've given you the gas. You know, there's a lot of people ask me, I was at a a gathering on Saturday and my friend was telling me he was going to get Michigan baseball tickets. And I said, Oh, Michigan baseball tickets. And he, I said, Oh, that's, he said, yeah, great price. He says, I was going to get basketball. I'm glad I didn't do that. I was, and so then uh, he asked if I thought that there was going to be a new basketball coach. And I said, like everybody, you know, hopefully. Uh, and is it in the probably i think it's in the i think it's in the maybe probably would put it i guess you could just say over 50% is probable is that probable let's is it likely i'm not going to say it's likely i'm i'm ready to say it's probable but not likely that's where i sit I do. I know that people don't even like hear it, but there is a chance. I think that it's probable, as this is a spot with uh, Howard having one more year in his deal. That if you are going to keep him, you have to extend him. And I I don't. I don't think. (laughs) Woohoo! I can't see that happening. So I think there will be a new basketball coach in Ann Arbor. All right. So uh, this is a a rumor. Let's see. Ferris says there's multiple OSU YouTubers uh, coming, uh, saying that Ward will be pushed out. Juwan will get pushed out and every big football player is out. What is going on? Well, what is going on is that Ferris, you're listening to, Ohio state. And I don't like when you just say YouTubers, like, so I am involved in that group and you could say whatever you want. I would say, consider the source. Now I, I don't know. Are, are any of those guys respected? Uh, have they, they had any of them have any journalism backgrounds? Are these guys just like fans that have, uh, are just cranking it up i would put i would put no uh, i would put nothing behind that but uh, you would have to know the guy but even if you say well this guy worked in radio there's a lot of people that and and even people that cover michigan and and this is the dangerous part it's it works it's worked out where you can get a job and you can be in the the business for a long time but a lot of these guys are just fans uh, not just. I mean, we're all fans to us, but I think the people that get into it that are that you have to have some bit of uh, to be serious about it. And I, I would put this where um, I consider the source on that. And I know Ohio State have said some other things. They were the ones that 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 had the smoke originally with, oh, it's uh something's happening with uh, with Michigan during the season, and they were right about that. So, but you know. I don't know. I, I can't say uh, people send me Ohio state podcast all the time. My DMS are open on Twitter, so you can send me whatever you want. And I do get a lot of people. I appreciate people you know, sending me uh, info and, and all of that, but I don't, I'm not watching any Ohio state, uh, YouTubes. And it's a little bit like with the uh, people who send me some of the competitions, uh, YouTubes, uh, Not that I wouldn't watch something on Michigan, but for the most part, I mean, I'm familiar with all the most of the people that do it. I I don't have, uh, I I know how to get the information, I know how to put it out there. I'm not trying to be like anybody else and all that. So we'll just see on that, Ferris. I wouldn't put any stock into it. Uh, Freelim is saying that they're clowns. Hey, now. Those guys, you know, they've they've been working in, in Michigan and oh, you're talking about the Ohio State guys. I was talking about I was trying to be funny on that. Banging around my computer a lot. I do know that. All right, let's get to the the last few things in here. Yeah, my glasses, these glasses get crooked. They're, they're nice bend, but not with so much when it comes down to wearing them like this. So we have two other things. Get your opinion on this. Got a 12 team playoff and then the new Big Ten members. All right. I mentioned the 12 team playoff because it is happening. I was listening to the radio, serious radio, and it was the, the college sports channel. And these guys were giving their opinions on the 12 team playoff. And then later, I was listening to some hosts on ESPN radio, and they were doing the same thing. And I thought, okay, this is more than one. Anybody can say anything. But these guys were already saying, let's go to 16. Both of them were. They didn't like the 12-team playoff. They wanted to go to a 16. Like, they haven't even gone through one year of a 12-team playoff. We've got people pushing for a 16. And it's okay to talk about anything. I like that college football has changed for the first uh, 25 years that I was in sports. All the off season was always talking about things that got really mundane because it was the same topics every year. And it never seemed like it was going to happen. Uh, Big 10 expansion, college football playoffs, uh, paying the players, uh, maybe some of the you know other oldies, but goodies, but uh, with Notre Dame during the Big Ten every year, the same thing. and you know, it so it didn't look like it, I mean, it's happening. And then in the last couple of years, it's all happening. And so, you know talking about anything uh, is fine. You know, but I, I think this twelve team, you know a lot more, eight more. You know, for, if we're counting it out, eight more teams, including in a playoff, oh, that's double the size, triple the size, right? From from where it is, a double the teams coming in, triple the size, and I've seen, I've heard some critics. Oh, this is going to really affect the college football season. This is what makes college football different from the pros. And so now it's going to be like the pros. It is trending towards being more like the pros, paying the players. Working at like a salary cap, the transfer portal is like free agency and, and, and all the thing is like free agency and, you know, figuring out the money. That's a lot like the like pro football, uh, being able to to sign deals of millionaires in college. It's, it is going that way. But the thing that, that I like about it, it if we had teams that, that took their first three conference games and they played one easy one, and then they took the other two, and they made them attractive games, the intersectional games, rivalry games, games that you could lose, games that people wanted to see, that would be one thing. But for the most part, it doesn't happen. You give the athletic directors and the coaches the the chance to make the non-conference season, they just want to schedule wins. And the the thing about it is most fans, they're right there with them. They're like, we want to duck everyone. We just want to win. We don't care. Line up the three easiest games that you possibly can. I don't know if it's a 50-50 split. I think there are more people that like to see the entertaining games. But, man, there are an awful lot of people that just say, give me the easiest schedule in the world because I only care about winning a championship. And I, I get that. Well, in ten years, people go back and say, "Oh, yeah, but Michigan had those first three real easy games against uh, East Carolina, UNOV and BG." So I think we're we're we are trading a little bit of a specialness where if you lose a game, certainly if you lose two, you're done. You can lose Michigan. Let's stick Michigan. They're a good example. Michigan could. Lose next year to Ohio State and Oregon. Those are the two what look like their two toughest games, and they could still make the college football playoff and win it all. I like not that I, I like that that um, that two can get you in, but I guess I do like that. I, I in the NFL, it's going towards more towards an NFL. Let me explain why I like it. I like it because we're getting more competitive, entertaining games at the back. We are going to have to rob a little bit of the the specialness of the regular season. Uh, a a special Saturday in September where just everything is on the line. And but but at the back end we get the payoff. It's not all one thing. Like oh yep absolutely this is the greatest thing ever. No there is something to be said about those games that you lose. There was also, that's what made last year so great about Michigan winning it. Michigan, Ohio state last year was for getting into the big 10 championship where in, in, in years ahead, like next year, in this case, let's say, Michigan just loses to Oregon and then loses to Ohio state Michigan could come right back and they could be in the, the big 10 championship game against Ohio state. And then they could be and they both could be, they probably would be the two teams that are going to be in the big 10 championship and Oregon will probably be in there as well. So that you can argue that then that's, it's understandable. That's a, that's an argument that you at least have to recognize that, that one single game isn't going to be as great with everything on the line as it has been in the past. But I am willing myself, if I was the czar or if I was in charge, I would say, yes, let's do it. Because I'm going to get a few more games here at the end, and I'm willing to. I I still think it's going to be – I still think people are going to be into it. And if we are, I know some people don't like to compare – college football and pro football and you know people hate pro football but in pro football it, it's not a bad thing to see the the green bay packers twice a year if the lions played the green bay packers they could have in the NFC championship game for a third time that would have been okay it still would have been great it wouldn't have spoiled it where people are sitting around saying we've already seen these two teams play now they split and they both won on each other's field. Now they're playing. That have been playing at Ford Field in the NFC Championship game. But it still would have been pretty cool. So that's my thought on the the 12-team playoff. I like it. I think it's going to be a good thing. It's, uh, it's pretty cool. Kevin does not like our chances. Or does not like our chance against Texas. Well. On that list, when I said Ohio State and Oregon are the the two toughest teams, Texas is the third toughest. So, yeah, they get their quarterback returning. And, you know, they went to Tuscaloosa last year. So, yeah, that's going to be a tough one. But Michigan could win that game. I saw a spread. Is it, is it two and a half, three and a half? It wasn't any higher than that. Michigan a two and a half point favorite at home against Texas. They could win that game. Rico, we shouldn't be playing OSU multiple times. Yeah, you're not gonna like that. Yeah, I don't I don't have that issue. It's okay. It's okay to play teams to me multiple times. It doesn't absolutely ruin ruin it. I get that it can take away a little bit of the specialness. I understand that, but not enough for me. Where I think it's going to ruin it, I think it's going to be okay. All right, what about the the four teams? I already mentioned Oregon coming in, and then Washington. You had two Big Ten teams in the national title game. Washington's in now, and then and then the the two L.A. teams, USC and UCLA. It's going to take a little bit getting used to. And the the travel seems ridiculous for not so much football, but for other sports, flying all around to uh, the coast and and all that. But this is where this is football. What was it today? Who was saying it that there's, uh, there's going to just be more expansion this year? Get ready. Get ready for two to four more teams for the Big Ten. Okay. Yeah, we're going to have the two conferences, and that's the way it's going to go. And to stay with the theme about it turning into the NFL, it's going to be NFC and AFC. going to be the Big Ten and the, and the SEC in the end. I, I think that is uh, probably accurate in the way it's going to go. And so – let me just try to have fun with that. The NFL isn't so bad. The, the the what's the most special thing about college? Is it is it that one game means everything in the world? Because you still can drop a game, but it's it's that you can't lose two. But now it's what you can't lose three or four. But the advantage is you get the games uh, at the end. These guys that I were listening to that were talking about the sixteen team playoff, they both thought, remember, one was ESPN radio, and the other one was uh, college uh, radio on Sirius, and there were different hosts, but both of them had the same opinion, like, we're just not going to have the same arguments that we get to have all the time about who's that fifth team, because it's not going to be as big as of a deal, and who's number 13, as they were looking back, I think it was LSU this year, and they got rung up for 50 points. And they were both saying the same things about, and if they're 16, by that point, you know, we're really going to care about this art, be able to argue about a 17th team. I think that they have a point. A lot of people do like to argue about who are the top four teams and who are going to be the top 12 and who's number 13 and getting left out and all of that. But for me, I get the argument. I like arguing. I like discussing it, but that's never even close to being number one. It's about the games and the games being played. It's it's not special to me to be able to sit around and and chew the fat on who are going to be the four teams and the scenarios and everything else. Where again, it is fun. It takes me back to a guy that I used to work with in Ann Arbor who is still there and, and goes on the radio once in a while as an analyst or an expert. He thought. That one of the best things about college football. This was before the college football uh, four teams. It was before the BCS. So this was prior to 1998. He didn't want to go to a playoff because he thought the best thing about college football was being able to argue about who deserves to be number one. The, you know, be, between you know the Rose Bowl with the Big Ten playing the. Pac-10 back then and all that. That was the most fun thing for him. In college football, not the games, the argument, all offseason. And, and, again, he had a little bit of a point. People did like arguing about, oh, this and that, what have we played here? I like to actually see it play out. I don't mind that argument. I actually like seeing it play out on the field. That's what I like. The most. So that's where I'm at. That's what I have to say. And let's see if anybody else is weighing in. Dave says, growing up growing up in Michigan without a pro football team, it was all we had. A little shot at the Lions. <laughs> you know, like, hey, Dave, I used to take shots at the Lions all the time. But right now, where they're at, I don't have any... Uh, sh- I'm not taking any shots at the Lions. They have arrived. I don't know how long they're going to stay there, but uh, they are here. But, yeah, mine wasn't even a shot at the Lions. They were the worst franchise in professional sports history. That always got a few people to call up. Immediately there would be somebody, but well, what about the Browns? Browns is a pretty good argument. Browns are really bad. Browns are a terrible franchise. Oh, they lost their team. <laughs> they, they lost their team. Pretty bad franchise. They are always like, it was like, it would be the Lions. The Lions went 0-16 and 0-8. Lions, like, snatched that title away from the Browns. Like, the Lions are the worst organization of all time. But then the Browns, like, grabbed it back. But then the Lions snagged it back. And it looked like the Browns were, you know, headed way up. They had Baker Mayfield. They made the playoffs. They beat the Steelers. And it was like, wow, the Browns. The like, doormat of all organizations. Here they go, and then they 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 signed Deshaun Watson, which makes it – they got this $250 million collar around their neck. They are the worst. And then the Lions have now jumped up. The other franchise that, that people like to put in there, they, they put the Clippers. The Clippers are pretty bad. The Clippers don't make it out of the, the first round of the playoffs when they get there, maybe with Larry Brown – Twenty years ago, or something, they did, and I know they. If uh, Kawhi Leonard and Paul George and the, the couple other guys they can stay healthy, they're in a pretty good spot right now. They're opening an arena. They're they're Apple owners, um, pretty, but they're they're pretty bad. But the you know the the Lions had some competition for being the the worst organization, but it was their owner. And the the thing that we always said about the Lions is until they sell the team, it's never going to get any better. And we were wrong about that because uh, I like to just call her Sheila Hamp and drop the Ford. Whereas uh, a lot of people, my wife, don't like me to say Fords. You keep that Fords on there, but just uh, just Hamp, Sheila. Sheila did it. So here we are. Yeah, growing up, uh, it was bad. And and you want to make that that case for the Browns? I get the thing about the Browns to me. Even though they left, the Browns had two. Did they have two AFC Championship games in my lifetime? I think were they both against the Broncos? I know one of them certainly was Elway, and then uh, Ernest Biner, I think coughed up a, a couple. But, so the the Browns had made the reason that I put the Lions in front of them. And and yeah, I know taking off and the you know the Browns. Not having a football team that was pretty bad, but the Lions had nothing. They weren't getting any, you know, championship games in the Browns, and we're at two. The drive from Elway, I think it was the Broncos beating them twice. <clears throat> so I got it about the uh, when when you're arguing, like, there's a lot of people that live out. Uh, you don't even have to live on the East Coast, but you know, the Patriot fans. We're the greatest Steelers and Patriots. You know, no, oh, we're the best. And excuse me, Celtics, Lakers fans, Oilers, Canadians fans, Red Wing fans. But you go to the other end. It's it's a nasty conversation. Nobody really it's not a it's not a fun one to have. Now we're worse. Browns snatched it back by going 0-16 themselves. But the the Browns currently are are way the worst organization in sports. And the Lions got a huge up arrow next to them. Okay, so that's going to do it. Enjoy the uh, combine in in Michigan football with uh, the sunshine out. We'll we'll continue talking about the the Wolverines and what Sharon Moore has planned for spring. Get you all ready for it. recruiting, getting ready to crank up, and so uh, all of that. Thanks so much. We'll see you over on the den, and when I say that and you don't know what I'm talking about, oh, there's this picture that I was going to put up for my guy that I think that is going into spring, who I think is going to take a big jump, and that is Samaj Morgan, the Maze and Blue Review. Check it out. Join up. You're a Michigan fan. You like hearing about Michigan all the time, every day, recruiting, all that kind of intelligence behind the scenes. That's what it's all about. All day, all night conversation about the maize and blue. Go to michigan.rivals.com. We'll see you over there on the den. We'll see you next here on Wednesday at 2 o'clock. Until then, everybody, have a great day.